Welcome to the McIver Institute uh, podcast. I'm Bill Osmolsky, McIver News Director, and I am here with John Beisner, who is uh, from uh, he's from Washington. He's going he's here to uh, talk to us a little bit about tort reform and class action lawsuits. So, John, um, what exactly brings you to Madison, Wisconsin? <laughs> Well, I, I spend uh, a lot of time litigating around the country in both federal and state courts, and so on occasion I will um, drop in in various jurisdictions basically just to sort of offer information about what's going on in courts around the country in both federal and state courts where it may be relevant to uh, legislative proposals, and so that's the reason I'm, I'm here today is to... Uh, offer some views, particularly on class action litigation. And what do we have going on in Wisconsin that makes that particularly relevant today? Well, the, uh, there's a lot going on with class actions at the moment in, in Wisconsin. Uh, several weeks ago, the Wisconsin Supreme Court um, adopted a new rule which isn't really a new rule. They adopted the rules that the federal courts have been using for class actions. And it's significant because Wisconsin is one of the last states to have taken that step. Uh, it had some very short rules on it previously, but it's now basically said, we're gonna adopt the federal principles on class action and apply them here in Wisconsin. So that that's a very significant step. And what would that mean for um, class action lawsuits in Wisconsin, how will we differ I, yeah, from everyone else? I, I think generally it means it will be a more orderly process. There are thousands and thousands of federal court, ca court cases that Wisconsin courts can now reference if they have questions about how they should deal with class actions, what they are, what the rules are, when people can proceed with the class action, when it's not appropriate to proceed. So I think that's extremely helpful. Um, the problem is, though, and, and, and the reason that I'm, I'm here, is the legislature is looking at a couple of things that weren't resolved by the adoption of the federal rules. A couple of areas where the federal courts are deeply divided about how they should be dealing with certain aspects of class actions. and. My sense is that the, the legislature should do something to resolve those issues so that there's a complete set of rules available for those who want to litigate class actions in Wisconsin. What is the biggest abuse with class action lawsuits today? I, I think that um, one, one of the biggest abuses is that um, in many, many class actions, the people who are allegedly injured at the end of the day don't get anything. The money, by and large, all goes to the attorneys who litigate the case. And, uh, you know, the attorneys bring these cases, they, they kind of dream them up, and they try to get a settlement along the way, but the settlement is usually of, of, of very little benefit to consumers. I want to make clear there are some exceptions to that securities class actions, antitrust class actions, but the interesting part is that allegedly injured party in those cases are usually big companies. So yeah. the, the, the cases that really focus on the little guy, they're not, they're not getting benefits out of this in the end. So, I mean, we've all seen the infomercial commercials, right. you know, like mesothelioma 
right. is a big one. But I mean, it's always something like if you served in the Navy between 19, sure, you sure. know. So those are the types of, of cases that you know were. Yeah, that 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 kind of gets at at the issue, and and that's one of the pieces of legislation that uh, both the Senate and the Assembly are, are looking at uh, at the moment here in Wisconsin to get at. Um, some federal courts uh, have gotten at this issue by saying, look, before we're going to let you proceed in a class action, you need to demonstrate to the court that you've got a way to easily identify who the people are who are in this case. And uh, one of the things that, that the legislation here in Wisconsin is also saying, you've got to show the court you've got a way that if you win, you're going to get that money to the people who were injured. Ah, so what we've got right now is you've got lawyers who will get tens of thousands of sure. names. Say I've got all these people that were injured. Then they fight for the court, the case. Eventually, the lawyer walks away with a couple million bucks and sends everyone a check for ten bucks each. The problem is <laughs> they don't even get the names. Oh, they will go into the company that is being sued and they'll say, "Let's do a settlement." And we will pay, we want you to pay up to $20 million to anybody who comes in and makes a claim. And I also, we also want to agree that you'll pay us of that $20 million, we'll get $5 million of that, or maybe $7 million of that, a third of it. Yeah. And then notice will go out. And usually, very few people make a claim. And I think a lot of times it's because they don't feel aggrieved by whatever happened in the lawsuit because this is a problem the attorney made up. So if you take a picture at the end of the day about the money, the lawyers got $7 million and the class members maybe got 100000 something like that. End hmm. of story. Because the, there's not an effort made up front to have a program that would actually get money to to the alleged, allegedly injured people. Gotcha. So, a lot of states have already taken this issue on, and what you say, Wisconsin is one of the is trying to catch up on this. One. Yeah, I, and I think that uh, a lot more needs to be done in a lot of jurisdictions. In the federal courts, there is a divide on this. There's actually a rule that this provision would uh, would adopt uh, or, or at least you know encourage that you shouldn't give the lawyers any fees until you find out how much the class members got. That's in something called the Manual for Complex Litigation, which is the rule book that federal courts are supposed to consult. But a lot of federal courts don't do that. And they don't make sure that what the attorneys get are consistent with what they won for actually delivered to their clients. And so that, that's part of what we're, what we're trying to achieve here. And so if, let's say all the states adopt their own version of right. this. Eventually that builds a case that the, fe that the right. federal government needs to do something. Right. To, you know, right. And, and this, is, this is a rule that Congress is actually looking at right now. The House of Representatives has passed a bill that would do that in the federal court system, and uh, they're they're looking. To, uh, the Senate is now looking at that, but the effort is to try to do the same thing here in in, in Wisconsin as well. Okay, is there a committee hearing that you'll be uh, attending? Yes, in? we're at a going to a Senate committee hearing later today to talk about this, and 
hopefully uh, persuade some folks that uh, this is a step that Wisconsin should take. Sounds great. Well, we'll be following that one. All right. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. Here's part two of our uh, McIver special podcast. And uh, now we're, I'm here with Mark Behrens, who is an attorney from Washington, D.C., also here to talk about tort reform. But his uh, particular uh, focus is on discovery. And uh, Mark, you just tell us a little bit about what you are doing in Madison and uh, what, what message you, uh, you have for us on uh, discovery. Sure. Well, it's great to be back here in the state. Uh, my family is originally from Wisconsin, and I went to school at UW, so uh, ah. it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to come home, so to speak. N- nice homecoming. It, it sure <laughs> is. Well, discovery, uh, for listeners, is the process uh, of people in a lawsuit exchanging information. So if somebody gets, a, let's say it's a, a, an auto accident case or a slip and fall, the, the plaintiff will ask the defendant for any documents that they have that might be relevant to the accident, the defendant will ask the plaintiff for all of their medical records. It's really the opportunity for both sides to find out what the case is about, find out if the plaintiff uh, has a grounds for the lawsuit and for the defendant to find out whether there are any defenses that they can mount to it. Okay, and um, what is going on in Madison, uh, particularly at this time that, um, that you, you know, you've made this trip? Well, one of the things that we've seen with with discovery in, in civil litigation, that's uh, litigation that's not criminal um, between two private parties, is that the advent of computers and emails have just led to an explosion in the amount of information that is available. Um, and because of that, it's driven up the cost of lawsuits exponentially. Uh, no longer does a plaintiff just say, give me a copy of any files in your, you know, documents in your file in your office. Now it's give me every email that you sent, give me everything on your hard drive. Um, it, it just the cost of discovery has just exploded on businesses. And what's, what we're seeing more and more is that the discovery requests are not necessarily aimed at getting to the truth of the merits of the case, but they're used as a tool to force settlements. Plaintiffs know how expensive it is for defendants, you know, a corporate defendant in particular, to respond to litigation. And so plaintiffs will often, because it costs them nothing to make the request, they'll ask for the moon. And then the defendants oftentimes will say, well, we're willing to settle at some amount simply to avoid the cost of having to generate all of this information. Right. So, um you have a very specific case involving involving uh, you know somebody that's suing a company. So, throughout this process, do they kind of get free have free reign to ask for whatever they want from that company? I mean, that seems like from a privacy aspect and you know private businesses, I wouldn't want to share all my files with you know that have nothing to do with this case. Right. So the way our uh, the lawsuit system in in this country works is is that the producer pays, uh, meaning that it costs nothing for a plaintiff to go to a company and say, give me every document you have. Let's say it's a, a motor vehicle claim. They can go to a car company and say, give me every document you have that relates to this car, going all the way back to the design, um, the design drawings on it, all the engineering, the crash testing, uh, any other accidents that have ever taken place anywhere in the United States over this. You can just imagine how how fast the uh, 
you know, the warehouse is full up of documents when you're asking for that kind of broad information. Yeah, and I understand. I mean, like your particular uh, interest in this is the uh, enormous burden of, co of cost for a company. I mean, honestly, one of the first things I think of is, well, geez, I work for uh, I work for Post Cereal. I'm going to go uh, have somebody sue Kellogg's and ask for the recipe and how they make their cornflakes and everything else. I yeah. mean, it seems like uh, corporate espionage could be, you know, that a big is, concern. Uh, it's a good question. It is a concern. Um, typically, what plaintiffs are and defendants are able to work out is is something called a protective order or a confidentiality agreement that will allow uh, a company to. Um, produce its trade secrets with the understanding that they can only be used by the plaintiff for, for prosecuting that case. They can't give it to the New York Times or they can't give it to a competitor company, but uh, there is always a risk that uh, the judges waive the protective order, um, that information does get in the public realm, and it, it is a very serious concern for corporations. Yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, exactly. It feels very intrusive, but um, so how do we fix it? Well. There's legislation pending in both the House and Senate here in Wisconsin that really reflects changes that were made in the federal court system in, at the end of 2015. So these are very balanced. The changes that went into effect in the federal courts had been studied for many years with input from both plaintiffs and defendants' interests, so they're very balanced. And, it's, and they're very common sense. And on the discovery reforms in the, in the Wisconsin legislation, would say that the discovery has to be proportional to the needs of the case. What that means is that the plaintiff will be able to access any information that they need to bring their case forward, but they can't go on a fishing expedition and ask for unreasonable information that really is not intended to help them bring their case, but just to inflict cost on a defendant and force them into a settlement. Now, what are, what are other states doing on this? Other states are starting to act on this. So the the federal courts all over the country now have something similar to this. This is the approach in the federal system, uh, and it's fairly recent. So now the states are just beginning to catch up so that the state rules uh, mirror what the federal system did, or they're largely in conformity with the new federal system. Oklahoma uh, was the first to do this, and now Wisconsin is the second that's looking at it. Now, tort reform has been a big issue in Wisconsin for a long time, and it's not like we've been standing still. I mean, when Governor Walker first got sworn into office in 20, uh, 2011. I mean, this, that was one of the first things he did. And so it seems like something that we keep on chipping away at, you know, and so it's always a little, it's always surprising when you find out, oh, there, here's another thing with tort reform that we need to do. I mean, how big is the issue of tort reform and what are we ever going to get on top of it? Yeah, the governor has been a great champion for tort reform and because he understands that this is really a jobs issue, right? And um, when you talk about lawsuits in this country, it's, it is a jobs issue, and for the ordinary person needs to understand that the deep pocket is their pocket. You know, every time you, you run up litigation costs in a case against a company, well, that costs consumers because those costs ultimately get passed on to ordinary Americans. And the governor understands that. The leadership here in the last few years has, and we hope they continue to, uh, to do that. And this legislation, again, is just trying to limit some of the abuses in the system. It's, trying, it's not in any way trying to shut down lawsuits. It, it's trying to focus the discovery to allow plaintiffs to have the information that they need to bring their case successfully, but not allow them to go on fishing expeditions simply for the purpose of running up cost on a defendant. 
So what will be the next big battle after we uh, address these uh, <laughs> these concerns? Well, I, I don't know. It's uh, you know I'm focused on the task at hand, yeah. but it's funny. Years ago, I was at a, a speech in Chicago, and one of the wealthiest personal injury lawyers in the United States, a man who's probably a billionaire, was on a panel with me, and and he said, Mark you're trying to put me out of business. And as somebody that works against lawsuits, I, I laughed, I said, well, if I'm very successful, maybe I would put myself out of business. But I've come to rely on the ingenuity of the, of the personal injury bar, that they're so creative. And that's why this process does go on and on, because every time we react to stop a particular abuse, they come up with a new theory, a new way of suing, a new way of trying to uh, extort money out of uh, small businesses, and and that's why this just goes on and on. Well, you know, an, another aspect of these lawsuits that I've started to pick on this pick up on this session is, you know, every every session there are hundreds and hundreds of bills that go through the Assembly and Senate, and most of them, you know, it just they're really short. They don't seem like they're controversial, and they just kind of get waved through. But when you read those bills, you realize. The, you know, there are two paragraphs. The first paragraph is giving per people permission to do something. And then you might be asking yourself, well, why does the government need to give people permission to do this? Mm -hmm. Then you read the second paragraph and it's all about, and lawyers can't sue them for doing it. Right. <laughs> so I've noticed, you know, more and more that we're passing more and more laws in the states simply be to allow people to do something they should be allowed to do anyway, but to protect them from getting sued for doing it. You know, that's a great point. Um, and probably a lot of people don't think of it that way, but our, our courts are another arm of government, and courts can overreach, the legal system can overreach uh, and take away our freedoms, uh, just like the criminal system or, or legislatures can do. And um, and that's where you've seen the states that I, that, you know, I travel all over the country in this role, and I've had a just been blessed to have the opportunity to travel to so many states and it's given me the opportunity to see what states are doing right and what states can improve and when you look at where job growth and creation is in this country right now you know in places like in Tennessee you go to Nashville there's sca scaffolds all over the place Austin Texas uh, Charlotte you know those are states that have figured out that low taxes low lawsuits, low regulations, and right to work are a recipe to unlock uh, ingenuity and innovation and job growth in this country. And then you go to other places like Illinois, Connecticut, Maryland, where it's just the opposite. It's raise taxes, sue more, regulate more, um, and, and, and they're, they're suffering the consequences of those decisions. And so what we're trying to do here in Wisconsin is work with the governor's office, work with the, le the legislature, the leadership to pass common sense and helpfully move Wisconsin so it stays competitive and stays in, in, in the pack of those states that are leading in job growth in this country. No, that sounds great. And yeah, I mean, we've heard many times before how the states are the um, laboratories of democracy. And um, over the past 10 years, I mean, we've seen such a divergence, you know, in policies between, you know, some states like Wisconsin and mm -hmm say some east and west, some coastal states. So, and it, now we're, you know, we're building up a pretty solid um, case of uh, evidence on what works and doesn't work. So. That's absolutely right. And, and lawsuit reform is just one component of things that states need to be doing to be competitive. Well, Mark, uh, thank you very much for being with us today. And I hope you have a chance to enjoy being home a little bit while you're still here. Thank you so much. Yeah.